Hello and welcome to another episode of Onesies, the podcast where we talk about one season wonders and blunders of television of your. Uh, my name's Andrew. And I am Emily. In this season, we are talking about Freaks and Geeks, created by Paul Feig and Judd Apatow. Um, we're talking about episodes seven and eight this episode in air order. So the first one we're going to be talking about is called... Boyfriends and Girlfriends. Boyfriends and Girlfriends. Yes. So uh, um, um, I had it pulled up and I must have closed. No, there it is. I can give you a, a quick, very quick synopsis of this episode. Nick. Oh, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, Nick begins to make more aggressive advances towards Lindsay, most of which end up making her feel more disturbed than love struck. And on the geek side, tension is building between Sam and Bill when Bill is paired with Sam's crush, Cindy, as a science partner. Um, Lindsay discovers that everyone assumes that she's going to have sex with Nick and she doesn't know what to do. Um, Sam decides to try to win Cindy back from Bill by joining the yearbook club. And uh, it goes terribly wrong when she confesses a crush on another boy. So that's where I'm going to stop paraphrasing. Okay. From that. I have a lot of notes. I forgot so my notebook. I. I have. Oh, I, wow. I forgot my notebook at home, so I had to tear pages out of my work notebook when I was watching it. So uh, okay. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I didn't even look it over to see. I want to talk about Rosso because he's in this episode and he's not in the next one we're talking about. Um, go ahead. Well, uh, we can just get out of the way that there's an old spice high karate reference, which yes. ties us back into free spirit again, um, again with the free spirit. Again, <laughs> so that, so that sort of does not pertain to the episode itself, but rather rather the, the context of this podcast. Yeah. One other thing that I thought we could, that I'd bring up that is not part of the episode itself is that Maureen is gone. Maureen is completely gone. Yeah. So um, the girl that the geeks met and that liked them and told them that they were going to be friends has disappeared. Yeah. And that is a thing because the Cindy subplot, um, Oh, wow. That's right. I forgot how that actually plays out. That's even more cool. Um, is in their science class, which is where Maureen came in in the first place, but she is no longer there. So um, I will. Whoa. How did I not star that one? Um, okay. So here are my three things. And that'll just do a little bit of a. If you don't have yours ready, I've got mine. So first is. Uh, you know what? A 1941 poster. That's number one. Number two will be, oh, right. Thank you, Sylvia Plath. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking piece of shit misogynist. Cool. Cool beans. And then Sunday paper is a whole page for a hundred. So that's my third point. Um, okay. But- I want to, I want to talk about Rosso. Okay. I want to talk about uh, Nick's a stud, and I want to talk about. Let's see what do I have on the back? Um, maybe I'm smelly, but I'm not stupid because I love that. Okay. Sub- I love that little subplot that kind of how it works out in the end. I love that. Yes. Sort of positive uh, through uh, crawling under 
I don't know what barbed wire to get the positive, which yeah. is the way that the geeks learn things in this show. But that's at least something because nobody else learns anything. Okay, so Rosso. Uh, my first note for Rosso is Rush bleh, Rush Rocks. Yeah. What do you have? <laughs> um, so I <laughs> so this is a great scene where everybody's talking. Everybody in Lindsay's life is talking to her about her dating Nick and what certain expectations there are. So um, Rosso, Jeff Rosso, the the guidance counselor somehow hears about it and gives Lindsay a brochure. It's in color about um, sex education and having to be careful. And in true Dave Gruber Allen style makes a attempt at being helpful, but ends up totally creeping everybody out. Um, two things that he says, uh, I got it on at a van in Woodstock, which I thought was hysterical. And then it ends up with this proclamation, this, uh, I have herpes. <laughs> I get a cold sore on my lip once a month and it made me laugh so hard. Um, and of course, Lindsay is sitting on in a chair, just like her, she's acting and you can see the cringe on her face, but you can also see her body just getting tighter and more cringy as, as the scene goes on. It's very funny, very funny and completely inappropriate. <laughs> so uh, also in there is the, this is pre-AIDS. So yes. yes. The, but he, the, but the, he keeps going. You have to be careful. You have to be careful um, as if, well, not that he's aware of it, but yeah, as if there's something looming. I mean, herpes is bad, right? Nobody wants to get hurt. So these episodes actually do pair up pretty well. Like um, mm-hmm. the second one continues multiple themes from this one. And I think we'll talk about it more then. But a lot of the things that are mentioned in this episode, the next episode expands on, but also like not invalidates, makes it seem like they didn't really have a good continuity person um, for some of the characterizations and sort of, sort of logic, but let's get to uh, the science class. It starts with this kid, Gordon, who's been in episodes before, but I don't think he's ever had lines before. Not many if he He, has. Yeah. Yeah. He is an overweight kid um, who is quiet and apparently, we find out this episode smells quite bad. And so the geeks are sort of making fun of Gordon, not to his face, because um, that would be unsympathetic. And then they are getting paired up for lab partners. I've never, I don't remember lab partnering in high school, but the lab partner thing is going to involve multiple days of work where the kids have to work together after school. And I'm wondering what the hell they're bothering to do in school then. That's my question. But anyway, it seems a little contrived to give you a plot. What they they do in school is is exactly that. They sit and chit-chat with each other and give you exposition, right? Like, (laughs) it's an exposition class. So, yes. So Sam gets, gets... gets paired with Gordon and he's upset. And then he's more upset because Bill gets paired with Cindy and somehow Bill manages to make obscene gestures. And it actually is not Martin Stark can do no wrong on the show. Like I don't understand how it's possible, but 
It's so funny. And I have that on here. I said, Bill gets creepy with a question mark because it's like he's doing something inappropriate just to get his friend upset, even more upset, which again right. is a continuing theme. But it's so funny. And and he's not like grabbing her boobs. He's she bends over from her chair and he just pretends to grab her butt in a really goofy way. Um, because it's like mid waist, like he's not even like yeah, he's not reaching down. It's he's like not, he's it's all for Sam's benefit. Yeah. So, um, and then we get, oh, yes, then we get uh, Lindsay and Daniel. Uh, yes. James Franco's got Jack to do in these episodes, but um, whether that's good or bad is a, is a whole other thing. Uh, but he wasn't punished that much. Anyway, sorry, some news came out this week about this show that is upsetting. or And it's not news. I just wasn't fully aware of how fucked up. Yeah. Some things that went on on the set are. Yeah. Uh, but Daniel's telling Lindsay that Nick is a stud. And the, the reason that scene actually sticks out is more because Daniel then sexually harasses the study room teacher and she takes it and is cool. Not cool. I mean, who knows? It, whatever. No, I'm sure she's not. But in movie and TV land, the fetching she, young teacher is cool with it. She blows it off. She seemingly just blows it off. She doesn't give it too much attention and just lets it wash away. But this is a continuing theme with Lindsay getting warned, getting more information about, uh, about Nick uh, as a potential romantic partner. Because again, Rosso has seen them together and gives her the sex ed pamphlet. Daniel now is talking about, you know, what a great guy he is. No, he's a really great guy. And then he realizes that Lindsay isn't getting it. And he said, no, he's a stud. And he's got this real creepy look on his face. He waggles his eyebrows a little bit. And then are you done with this scene? Yeah. Because, because later, um, because, Lindsay is a little uh, starting to get a little bit concerned. Nick has invited her over to his house for the, for the, for Friday night or something. And his parents parents are not there. His parents aren't going to be there. And um, Millie kind of sees a little, maybe a smooch in the hallway and she becomes very concerned and she gets, puts on her uh, righteous indignation pants and, you know, he, you know, a good Christian girl wouldn't do that. And my boyfriend's a Christian and he goes to church and um, he's a Nick's a freak and only freaks date freak girls. And that means they go all the way and you can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. So and on top of that, Nick being the smooth criminal that he is uh, sends a single red rose to Lindsay's house with a note. I actually, I don't believe, I can't believe I didn't talk about this. So he's, he sends a, a single red rose and Lindsay's mom is excited that Lindsay's got a boyfriend. Lindsay's mom didn't read the note. My mom would have read the note. Um, and for the same reason as dad gets upset, dad is like, I know what a single red rose means. And I know exactly when and why I sent it. Like, I know what that means. My mom would have been the exact same way. <laughs> I hated that scene because I felt so uncomfortable. Um, but so it's leading to this like buildup of expectations and da 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 da. And it's just another example of how just Lindsay, having previously shown herself to be 
very intelligent, very, very um, uh, communicative, is now just completely abandoning communication skills and taking hints from other people. Like she won't just talk to Nick. Like it's not even clear if they're boyfriend and girlfriend yet. Like neither one of them really know. It's just these little actions. Nick putting his hand down her back pocket yeah, that at was the very the beginning. Scene. Yeah. That, and then and then they sort of play it off until some guy behind him who's been in episodes before, but is just a bit player calls out, grab me a piece. Yeah. And you're yeah. just like, this is interesting. This is, I mean, it's this sort of horrifying look at a teenage girl's life with no empathy from the production, yeah. but like still being aware that. With some awareness that she's uncomfortable. Right. It's very strange. Like, but she never actually talks about it. I no. mean, you see, you see her kind of, throw a fit a little bit of a tizzy when her mom is questioning her is asking her questions. She's just like, God, mom, shut up. I don't want to talk about this, you know, Uh, which I completely understand, but she has shown herself in earlier episodes to be better than that. And it's just not coming through anymore. Like that she, like she could very easily be like, what the hell is going on? But I do think that in previous episodes, also recent ones, she's feeling a little more empathy towards Nick maybe leaning towards sympathy and maybe that's why she's letting all of this happen. I mean, she admitted pretty much that they only kissed because she in this episode, I'm sorry. She admits that to Millie. Like we only kissed once, but it was only because I felt bad for him. Or does she tell Sam that? I don't remember. She tells somebody, she tells somebody that, Oh, I only kissed him because I felt sorry for him because he was having a bad day. He was depressed. So I kissed him. And it's like, so all of this is happening, I think, because she feels bad about Nick failing that audition, about Nick kind of being directionless and po- potentially being forced into going to, into the army. And then right. also, I just of, talked. A no, lot. you're you're good. <laughs> it also brings up that I think some of it is just that um, Lindsay doesn't have any actual friends. Yeah. So it's like she actually doesn't have anybody. She can, she doesn't have a sincere friend on the show. Yeah. And it's just like that's kind of what the show should be about is that she's searching. She's unable to form a sincere human connection because she does like Millie's too problematic and think, but when she actually needs to talk to somebody, she talks to Millie about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, which is when Millie says that if she has sex with Nick, he's not going to marry her because why buy the cow when you can have the milk for free? Yeah. But they actually then share this weird memory of, you know, going to a state fair and not getting to see Leaf Garrett or something. And, you know, Millie remembers it as a good memory of friendship and Lily says it sucks. Or Lindsay, sorry, says it sucks. But um, let's do some more of Sam and Cindy and Bill. Yeah. So yeah. we don't spoil the ending because yeah. there's a big reveal. There's a couple big reveals, including another one of uh, of uh, Lindsay losing agency. Um, but we get this after school. Sam is over with at his house, and Gordon is there studying. And then um, that'll be juxtaposed against Bill and Cindy. So Sam's room has a 1941 poster. 1941. I didn't yes. notice that. Yes, I, I did because I was like, bullshit. 
<laughs> Nobody has a 1941 poster. <laughs> Infamous Steven Spielberg bomb. You know, like just complete fucking disaster. Terrible, unwatchable garbage movie. And I'm like, sure, sure, Sam likes that movie. Or <laughs> is Judd Apatow sucking up to the DreamWorks co-founder and DreamWorks produced the movie? Because um, Judd Apatow sucks up to certain types of people. Um, based on skin color but anyway um what what i say what did that make it in i don't know it's fine i don't do the edit but anyway so then (laughs) gordon tells sam about uh he's got a basically a glandular condition and he smells and it's it's, that's later actually that's back in the classroom yeah oh that's right that's no this is just this is just when gordon is handing out dating advice yeah well dating advice in a 80s and 90s movie stalker kind of way well but it's also cindy around this is also a kid who maybe hasn't had a girlfriend and maybe is taking advice from movies that he's seen and and just like he's trying to be i mean you know we've seen uh who's the other harris we've seen harris do it too where he's giving out dating advice but my favorite part about that is when he says, oh, you have to join the clubs that she's in and pretend to have the same interests. And Sam, which is, you know, disingenuous and maybe not the best way to attract a partner. Um, but Sam goes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Just like they did when Harris told them to take Maureen to the all you can eat ribs. They're like, oh, of course, that makes so much sense. <laughs> like, that's the way to win the girl. Just pretend that you have the same interests as her until she likes you. <laughs> Great. That's what I like to have a person with not my interests pretend that they have my interests. Yeah, I'm actually not going to talk very much. I just remembered some things in high school. I'm not going to okay, talk fair enough. about that. That's fair. Yes, but <laughs> it's very realistic. It's problematic as fuck. Yeah. And uh, hopefully the sequel series is all about Sam and Lindsay regretting lots about high school. <laughs> But anyway, um, and then we see Cindy and and uh, uh, Bill. Yeah, Bill sorry. over at her house, mm-hmm. and she has just brought them snacks, and those snacks are healthy foods. And Bill thinks it's crap, and he has no problem saying it. Yeah. Um, they also argue about TV, where he does a welcome back Cotter impression. She yes. doesn't get. He does Horseshack. It's the worst Horseshack I've ever heard in my life. But again, it's Martin Starr being perfectly Bill Haverchuk. I mean. (laughs) Yes. And then we find out Cindy likes The Muppet Show and and Bill does not like The Muppet Show, which is a uh, a problem with Bill, uh, basically. But then Cindy farts in front of him and uh, blames it on the chair, blames it on the chair. And this actually doesn't go anywhere, which makes it a little bit better, but it's a little bit worse because Bill was the one a few episodes ago who was talking about, no, nah, man, you got to be able to fart in front of your wife, right? Like, But maybe he was thinking of it in terms of Sam, because remember, Sam was like, you can't do that. That's gross. You can't do that. And so now he's thinking of it like, I can't wait to tell Sam this because he, he's going to be so grossed out that this happened. I also remembered, I don't think they ever said the woman could fart in front of the man. <laughs> like, there's I'm, that. I, well, that's probably assumed. It is, you know, probably yeah. still assumed in, in, in popular media today. But the funny, the funny Bill part in this is Bill goes to test the chair. And there's just this 
belabored scene of him sitting in the chair and getting up in all sorts of different ways to try to get the vinyl chair to squeak. And it doesn't. That's hilarious. That was funny. (laughs) So um, then we cut, I think we cut back to Gordon and and Sam, but the next big scene is Daniel and Nick at school where Nick is bragging about his honor rolls girlfriend to Daniel. And it's, it doesn't play right. And it's like, but still is super shitty. Like it's just Nick making fun of Kim, Mm -hmm. basically not being smart or high class, like his lady. And it ends with Daniel punching him in the chest. And I'm kind of, that was like, no, that's not where he should have punched him. He should have punched him somewhere else and harder, but still like, it was like, Oh, so Nick is still unlikable. Like that is just how we lead into this is, is that he's just a fucking asshole. And little does he know that uh, Daniel probably could have stole Lindsay like that because we've, it's already been stated that she had a crush on him. I mean, maybe she wouldn't do it because Kim would kick the shit out of her, but. uh, But Kim wasn't established as his girlfriend at that point either. Right. Yeah. So. So poor um, Nick. I mean, he's an asshole, but he's also fucking clueless. Well, didn't he know? Or did Seth Rogen sort of know? I think Seth Rogen probably. Okay. He doesn't have a lot to do in this. Yeah. No, I don't think he's even in this one. He's got a lot to do in the next one, but just like around. So Mm -hmm. it's like they forgot that they needed him. Uh, Then we have Bill teasing Sam. Oh, we forgot to mention um, Cindy comes over to talk to them at some point at their table or sits down. And that's when we established the first time in these two episodes, she doesn't know what Neil's name is, but she never came over to hang out with them when she was like buds with Sam. It took Bill for her to like come over and chill with them. Yeah, it's weird. But oh, yeah, here we go. She cut the cheese. That's not funny. Girls can't fart. Those are my notes. <laughs> so, um, cut the cheese is the funniest phrase. <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh so much. I think it's Martin Starr saying it. I honestly yeah. think it's him saying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So Bill's sort of teasing Sam about it. And then Cindy shows up and they talk because. She finally watched Welcome Back, Cotter, and she thought it was funny, which, you know, really took her down in my book. I'll just say, I'm like, what? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, that's also when we find out who each of the geeks likes on the Muppets, um, which is sort of, it's throwaway, but like kind of interesting. <laughs> if you know the Muppets, you're just like, really? Okay. Swedish like, chef. What? I mean, yeah. yeah. Swedish chef and then Neil likes honeydew the most or something. Yeah, You're just yeah. like What's going on. Okay. I can see, I can see him liking honeydew. I can see it. There's a resemblance, I feel like. In my brain, they look they look similar. He they should have done um him as honeydew and Bill as Beaker. They should have. Okay. So uh at this point we then cut back over to that scene where uh Lindsay talks to Millie. Uh, but we're, we already did that. So now we're going to cut to Cindy and Sam at yearbook. And this is where the thank you, Sylvia Plath comes in. So Sam sits down and this is when we established their freshman, I think for the first time in dialogue too. Yeah. Uh, but Sam, there are a lot of people on yearbook. There are a lot of people. 
I don't know what your yearbook was like, but I don't remember there being 32 people on yearbook at my school that had 4,000 students. Yeah. But anyway, um, and the yearbook teacher is someone we don't know. It's a new teacher. Um, Do we even hear his name? I don't even think we hear his name. No, he's just leading the meeting. Um, But fuck that guy. So Cindy's got an idea for the yearbook and she reads this poem. And whether or not you think the poem's good is immaterial. But the teacher then says, thank you, Sylvia Plath. We don't want, you know, the yearbook. We want the yearbook to, you know, make people feel good, not tell them the truth about high school. Because your yearbook's about feeling lonely and isolated and stuff. And it's like, it's the first time we've gotten any insight into how Cindy feels about anything. Absolutely. It's it's pretty, it's a pretty good scene for her character. Yes, Um, it is. Um, Shame what the show's going to do to her the next episode and a half. Anyway, but then we get to the yearbook ads. So they sell ads in their yearbook. I don't remember the ads in my yearbook. I assume there were ads in the yearbook. Yeah, we, but, I had ads in mine. I don't remember what they were. But we also get, uh, when they're walking to sell ads, we get a little more insight into Cindy. And she talks about, you know, like, everybody thinks cheerleaders should be happy all the time. Sometimes I'm just... I just want to be grouchy. Just let me be grouchy. I just started my period for God's sake. Like <laughs> uh. this is, this is where, okay. So Sam is trying to show an interest in her interests to romantically pursue her where she is instead seeing Sam as the friend mm-hmm. and like actually having an honest conversation with Sam, which mind you, we, when we talk about Lindsay, not having an honest conversation with anyone, she doesn't like, I forgot she and Sam ever talked when they have their scene at the end of this episode. I'm like, this is the most obvious device for the show that's about these two fucking brother and sister. Maybe they should talk occasionally. They've they've they done don't. it, but they've done it before, but it's Long very uncommon. Yeah. But it was a great scene. Both yeah. I think it was in the pilot. Both you and I really liked that scene. Yeah. It's and yeah. I think you said the exact same thing, like, oh, this this is great. I like this, where they have these separate experiences and they come together. But no, no, we'll get to that. But so they get to the store. I and Canada Joe. So they they get to dad's store and it reminds me, it looks identical to the locally owned sporting goods store where I went to to school in northern Michigan. So this is Detroit or suburban Detroit. But this looks exactly like it. There was one exactly like it, like the placement of the furniture and everything. (laughs) It's weird so they're trying to sell dad the ad and he's blown it off but then he gets the look from sam and he figures out what's up but then he makes this comment that the sunday paper is a whole they're selling him a quarter page for 25 i think was what it was i didn't write that down but he complains that the sunday paper he can get a whole page for 100 and i'm just kind of like yeah but a yearbook ad is perpetual like they don't you don't presumably throw like there's so much long tail in that ad dude yeah which made me think oh yeah okay canada joe's not that bright but he is bright enough to know that sam is trying to make the moves after like three hints though (laughs) it took him a minute it took him you could have run it through the entire time uh and then we cut to dinner where he refers to Cindy as a cute little number. Yes, which was creepy. And, which was creepy so, 
And it was noted by Lindsay that it was creepy. It was noted by Lindsay, to which dad's response is, what, what am I she supposed was... to do? Color Miz oh, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, wow, fuck this so much. Yeah. Um, but, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is where dad tells the table, he ain't uh, taking care of her bastard kid. Yeah, so dad so finds better it- not. Dad finds out about the red rose because mom is so excited, which then once dad gets upset, completely flips and they're both worried about her having sex. And he tells this horrific story about uh, him being in Korea during the Korean War, which involves um, uh, his first. Oh, they're, I think, alleging his first sexual experiences with a, a Korean sex worker. Uh, yes. and it was terrible and... because it didn't have any meaning and it's like well how does a sex worker feel about it how old do you think a, the average age of a korean sex worker was in 1951 i, I wanna guess know. yeah right exactly I don't, I don't it was better know. than vietnam probably by a year or two. it's just so tone deaf and you're just kind of like it's 1999. Yeah, this is shitty. And then I'm kind of like, they would make this shitty of a joke right now and be like, what? There's no such thing as, you know, anti-Asian racism. It's not a thing. Like, of course not. Not these fucking guys. Um, Virginity is a gift is how that scene ends. And it's another opportunity for um, Linda Cardellini to curl herself up into a ball and scrunch her face up as much as possible and cringe. So, um, why did I write down Bill? And, is there another Bill and Cindy thing? I don't know. Um, um, Sam is walking home from somewhere from selling, uh, selling comic book ads, selling, uh, advertisements for the yearbook and, uh, sees Cindy at Sam, uh, at Bill's. Oh, house. that's right. Yeah. Okay. And I don't, Through do we ever window. see them inside? No, no, it's we, just Sam. It's just the passing by. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to Friday, which is tonight's the night. Uh, Kim tells Lindsay to call her tomorrow and give her all the deets on the big slammings that will undoubtedly occur. And Daniel uh, like, yeah, I want to know too. Call me too. <laughs> Gross. Fucking nasty. Um, then, oh, the, the geeks. Um Bill's late to joining up with the geeks and he starts by saying Cindy said last night, Cindy said, and then Sam goes off on him about how he doesn't care. He, what, Bill can marry her. Well, what we, what we forget and maybe we haven't mentioned is that through until this moment, Bill and Sam or Bill and Neil have been giving Sam major, major shit and teasing him relentlessly about how Cindy is going to fall in love with Bill. And um, and actually, Gordon also says something like, you better make sure he doesn't fall. She doesn't fall in love with Bill. Um, so so he's fed up because this is the woman that he loves and uh, he's sick of being teased about it. So he, you know, throws a fit to which Bill says she actually said you were the nicest guy in school. And then yeah. Sam feels bad and they're friends again and they're going to go see airplane again. And they say, surely you will, which actually, I was did like, it pop you? I'm, did, I'm on board with that. Did, did you I'm laugh? Okay. Yeah. 
It was funny. Yeah, I was like, I was like, that's good. That's, that's <laughs> you know, the best of their pop culture things. Like, yes. Um, and then Sam's like, well, let's invite Gordon. And they say, but he smells. And so Sam's like, I'm going to talk to him about his smelling. Yeah, somebody says, what are you going to do? Tell him? What are you going to do? Tell him that he smells? And Sam decides to do just that. And it turns out, as I mentioned before, Gordon has a glandular condition. It runs in his family. He knows about it. And as his mom told him, it's going to weed out the jerks, which it does. Um, And that's when he says, you know, I'm stinky, not stupid, um, because... The hints Sam is dropping are, you know, not very casual. Um, like, oh, no. I wonder, I wonder what soap Cindy uses. What soap do you use, or something like that? And it's like, okay, I get it. So he reveals himself to be pretty wise and um, cool about his condition, and people, like you said, weeding out the jerks. Well, that's what he says. He says yeah. that's what his mom told him. So, yeah. presumably, there he's going to hang out. But he doesn't show up next episode, so he didn't make the Geeks regular cut. And then Cindy asks Sam out to burgers. And this <laughs> this was actually like the way this seed dawned on me. Because we go straight there. They're going and having burgers. Cindy's talking about how her parents won't let her have burgers. And then, you know, we notice the, the jocks are all there. And I'm like, oh, my God. She brought Sam along as her wingman for the jocks. And yes, she did. Yeah. Again, because... it's, um, I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for Sam and I kind of understand, but he just needs to tell Cindy how he feels. And then he wouldn't be put in this position or at least he would know where he stands and not get right. his expectations up. And not blame her for not fulfilling his expectations. Yeah. Um, at the end, she says that he's just like her sister which is even meaner than saying he's her wingman. Yeah, <laughs> because she's got a crush on one guy in particular who she thinks likes him too because he asked a friend of hers for her phone number, but he hasn't called yet. Ah, oh, those jocks. They never so, call. Or do they? Um, but then it's going to be, we're going to cut to the night where Lindsay's heading out. And Sam has to watch action TV with mom and dad. Yeah. Did you just, did you catch what it was? It was just like car racing. Like was it? Well, a car blew up. I thought it was the A team. Oh, I don't know. I was, I was going to, I, that was the last note that I have. Like, what the hell are they watching on TV? And they both like, they're, they're sitting on the corner of the couch and Sam kind of squeezes in between them. And they both just like clutch onto him in such a way because they're so worried about Lindsay is how I read it that they're just going to hold Sam close to them because he's still their precious baby. Okay. You didn't get so, that. I did get that. I okay. don't think they did it that well. I think they could have done it better. Like mm-hmm. had, maybe had some acting from the parents that, you know. That, there could have been some more squeezing on his shoulder. Well, or just that, You know, that they are thinking about the fact that their daughter is probably off losing her virginity as far mm-hmm. as they know. and And they're just going to be cool about it and you know like they're going to be cool parents about it or whatever and trust her to be making the right choice um okay so yeah then Lindsay goes over to nick's and he's got his house all set up and he's playing the moody blues but we but before that um they go through uh, his basketball trophies and 
Um, yeah, then they go downstairs and it's the candles. Was upstairs. I don't remember oh. those downstairs. But yes, we find out that he played basketball. Well, we've known this before, but we didn't know that he was like really good at basketball because everybody's kind of always said Nick's not good at anything. Um, and my note next time is basically Jason Siegel's really not good at acting, is he? Um, <laughs> so... What's funny is, is I think he was in SLC Punk as, in like a teeny role, and I think he was really good. But now I'm like, is that was that him? I don't remember for sure. I now. haven't seen that movie in a billion years. It feels like. So fucking good, so good. Um, but anyway, so they go downstairs where he's got all the candles set up, and it certainly appears like this is going to be Lindsay's first sexual encounter. I forgot what it actually was. It literally just struck me. You fucking happened. forgot? Oh my I'm sorry. God, because my note is, can you see my note? It says, no fucking, just singing. So Nick, in what will be a complete continuity breaker with next episode, tells Lindsay that he's going to play a song that will tell her exactly how he feels about her, but he cannot put it into words himself. So instead, he is going to play a song for her, and then he is going to sing to her about it. And then he sings along with the song to her. And basically, they were made for each other. They are not going to make out. She wants to make out at this point because, and they don't really get into this. To stop him from singing. (laughs) They don't really get into this, but like there is the implication that like Lindsay is, if not enthusiastic about this being a you know them having sex she is like consenting to the experience like she when he doesn't want to do anything she's noticeably disappointed like she's not reached this milestone right right um but instead he just wants to hold her and i'm just i didn't put the note down i'm like isn't this like every fucking like creepy movie with sex like a sex worker it's like some creepers just like i just want to hold you i just want to hold you and i'm gonna cry while i'm doing it yeah yeah pretty much so then they that's it we have sam in the kitchen eating a ding dong oh and well no because bill or nick says what's better than this and then we cut immediately to Sam eating a ding dog. <laughs> and I'm like, that's asked and answered. <laughs> asked and answered. That. And then Lindsay gets home and she's like, can I have one of those dig dogs? And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> and then she they tells have a, her. Yeah, they have a little moment. And then she does not explain to him what's going on with her because he is just a freshman after all. But um They have a little moment and then Cindy calls to give Sam the good news that Jock called her and he is a good friend on the phone without being too enthusiastic. And Lindsay joshes around with the phone and it's like a really nice scene. And you're just like, why? It's a fucking network TV show. Why doesn't every stupid episode end with this? Like, it's a no brainer. Like it is perfect. It really is. And they have good chemistry and you really kind of believe that they are siblings that, that care about each other. It's a fantastic scene. Now, when... Okay, so that's the end of... The, okay, so the next episode actually starts with this note. So what's the next episode called? It's called We've Got Spirit. Okay. Do you have three items for this? Uh, do I have three? I have uh, Shia LaBeouf Babies. I have uh, Heidi's Locker. 
this is in reverse order because I'm out of it. Um, Call back to grandma, Heidi's locker and Sheila both baby. Okay. So uh, yeah, we can, I wrote down the, I actually wrote down a bunch of these. Uh, So the grandma one uh, was one that I had to, we can talk about pep rallies. Um, Oh, had to see your face. My Heidi note was Heidi with the Confederate flag. What? Where was Michigan in the uh, Civil War? By the way, I, I knew wanna... people. I knew people like that. I didn't associate with them, but I knew people who had them in their bedroom windows. Gross. Yeah. So yes, white people suck. Everyone. Um, <laughs> oh, I was. I was actually nicer to Siegel in my notes. I was like, "Is he supposed to be this uneven?" <laughs> <laughs> poems that'll be one of my points and then um neil the norrisman will be the final one because we do have to like this one has a great physical comedy like element second half like it's a really long sequence um where it's like the a plot well it's because the geek b plot is so tied into what's going on at the school yeah but we open with uh nick and Lindsay down in his basement and um he's like i can talk to you Lindsay. you're not like the guy you're not like ken and daniel because seth rogan is going to be in this episode more than he's been in the last four um with nothing to do though he's just yeah. around he just has things to do or he's just present but uh nick starts talking to her about death and Lindsay's like, yeah, my grandma died. Or he like knew her grandma died. And he immediately shuts down her talking and instead talks about himself. Because he is stoned. <laughs> is it because he's stoned or is it because he's Nick? Nah, good point. But but Lindsay guesses. She she realizes he's a little uh a little deep in, in the moment and um asks. This is before be school, too. So it's like Oh, we, I did because I didn't get that. This comes in a bunch, yeah, that all of their interactions are before school, which I'm like, what fucking time are you getting up? Like, what about, isn't there daylight savings time? Like, it shouldn't be sunny out yet, kids. But uh, that's when she's going through, she goes through his picture book and discovers a picture of Nick in his basketball uniform with a girl, and the girl's face has been cut out of the picture. Very meticulously, too. It was very, it was a very perfect, even oval around her face with tufts of blonde hair coming out of it. I mean, you know, craft department did it. So good point. Uh, and that, that girl's name is Heidi Henderson, which is going to be very important. And Lindsay at this point shows no recognition of that name, which is also very important not important but also noticeable because it's unrealistic again i've said this in other episodes in a high school that size you know who the couples are oh well whatever <sighs> so then we go to high school nothing no you're good yep. uh, so then we go to high school and that's when we see seth rogan and we see the we school see- has we see uh, cheerleaders putting up a banner and that was another one of my notes it says assassinate lincoln so the big game that's coming up is against a school, presumably Lincoln High School. I thought it was funny that it said assassinate Lincoln uh, <laughs> because it's Well, I mean, horrible. obviously, it's he, got horrible. Of, he got rid of slavery and we know where they stand. Um, 
it's obviously an oversimplification um, on at least one of those on, on one of those points, possibly not the second. Um, in, in my high school, our volleyball team got in trouble for putting up um, signs on their lockers that said like uh, "kill them," you know, whatever. But "kill" is like a term that you use in volleyball, but they had to take them down because it. So this assassinate Lincoln right, thing is because like, you went to some woke high school or something. Like obviously. <laughs> Everybody, you're missing out on that expression. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, Kim, Daniel, and Ken don't give a shit about basketball. That's going to be like the one of the B plots. But then we have Lindsay and Kim talking. Lindsay wants to talk to Kim because she's having problems with Mick, and Lindsay does not want or no kim says do not break up with nick i will straighten him out for you he'll go berserk yeah which is just another great side for uh for nick uh but then we get to the cindy and sam hanging out because they're buddies so this is very much a follow-up to last episode and cindy has decorated her crush's locker his name is todd he is a bland, blonde-haired white guy who looks like uh, he looks a Jonathan like, Brandis clone. Oh, he, and now, now times when I googled him, he looks like Dan Stevens. I think he's kind of dreamy in now times, but now that he's grown up, you mean? Yeah, now that he's grown up and he looks okay. like Dan Stevens. I think the okay. Dan it Stevens is, part is very important. <laughs> he's very attractive. It'd be so cool if it were Dan Stevens. <laughs> Anyway, this is also when Cindy tells Sam she does not have a crush on Todd, which makes Sam very happy for a moment. But then Cindy follows up with, I have an obsession. So cue the song. But then we get to the lunchtime pep rally. And so Coach Biff is all throughout this episode. He has jack shit to do the entire. He's just there, like, as the pep rally coach. So, um my pep rally thing was fuck pep rallies. My God, I hated that so much. Mandatory pep rallies, mandatory pep. And, and fucking kidding. Me. I know it drove me crazy too. And coach Biff is like, I better see every single one of your butts in those seats. And it's like, I, yeah, I love yeah. basketball, but I didn't go to basketball games in high school. Oh, shit, they were playing basketball. That kid's really short. Todd is tiny. Anyway, I mean, sorry. it's a random high school. He's not making money. Okay, off. Fine. All right. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, okay. So then they have the mascot come out. Is this where, yeah. Uh, Neil talking shit about how the mascot's not funny. The mascot's a Norseman who looks like, besides the very blue eyes, looks like fucking Rasa. Like, oh yeah. I didn't think yeah. about that. Yeah. It they does. totally should have had a scene. Rosso was like a Viking helmet on. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It was, it, it seemed so like it seemed intentional, but maybe not anyway. So the mascot falls down, maybe has a concussion, broke his arm, We don't broke his arm. We don't know who the mascot is yet, which is going to be very amusing. And is going to lead to a slight confession for me possibly if i remember but cindy's I'll, upset i'll remind you not like not a great conf- i mean like but uh cindy's upset and because they don't have a mascot and then sam's like after she leaves he's like what if i become the mascot and then neil's like you but can't I be, the- be the mascot yeah because yeah. you're not funny i'll be the mascot and i'll be funny 
I love this obsession that he has with being funny. Like in previous episodes, women like funny men, like this obsession with being a comedian. It's so silly. Mm -hmm. As a 15 year old. Or as a 14 year old high school or freshman year. Oh yeah. Yeah. So how 13 possibly? I I was 14 and you could be Mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah, he does. Um, there's a Star Wars quote, Neil or Sam. One of Sam or Bill Sam. drops a Star Star Sam. Wars quote that convinces Neil that he's going to be a, a good friend and let his friend try to get to- on with the girl by being yeah. the the mascot. So at family dinner, this is. <laughs> The dad keeps talking about how he's a community leader. And the kids are just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, is this new, this episode? Like, have you been watching the show? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm always a community leader. <laughs> but it's funny that he just keeps insisting. It is, yeah. He keeps insisting that he's very important for the community. And, and is this where he says he should run for school board or something? And then yeah. Everybody's just like, what are you talking about? This isn't a thing. But then they talk about the date with Nick. And they're going to go to... The game, but they want all are going to go to the game together, and so that's and that's when we cut to uh, Lindsay not being able to get to sleep because she's you know having turmoil that she can't talk to anyone about about her relationship with Nick. She doesn't have anybody to talk to it about. Yeah, doesn't have no friends. Can't talk to anybody about it. Um, and he shows up at her window, staring in. Then waking her because he doesn't know she's still awake, and then they go to the door to which he says, "I just had to see your face," and then proceeds to stare at her a little bit before going away. So creepy! So creepy. so creepy. So then, uh, next scene is Sam telling <laughs> that he's signed up to be the mascot. To which he said, "Oh, I didn't think you were coordinated to do that." And this is where we establish that Vicky, the cheerleader, is back, and she is going to be uh, doing the auditions. Vicky was a character in the Maureen episode, mm-hmm. but while Vicky is back, Maureen is gone. So that is a cut scene, or it was a dream episode. And this is where we get to Heidi and her locker. Yeah, so... um Lindsay decides to help her figure out what happened. She's going to go find Heidi and talk to her. And Heidi, we established now that is in her uh, science, uh, Spanish class, excuse me. And so she walks up to Heidi at her locker, which is open. And I immediately noticed a Confederate flag sticker in there. She's sort of also looks like maybe a freak girl denim jacket cut off, I think with a t-shirt underneath bleach blonde hair not going to make any sense with subsequent information revealed yeah and there's also a disco suck sticker in her locker which you know not great um goes with the confederate flag yeah yeah and she reveals to Lindsay that nick was a total psycho after they broke up and got into a fight with her father and the police had to get involved and uh Lindsay's terrified and she slams her locker door and walks away when she sees Nick approaching from, from behind Lindsay. I think she even says, "Uh Oh, and then like runs away. And then Nick is like, what are you talking to her about? 
Yeah. And Lindsay's like, I'm talking to her about Spanish stuff because we're in Spanish class together, which I should have acknowledged in that first fucking scene where you mentioned her name or that, you know, I remembered that this happened last year, whatever. So, yes, Nick is now dangerous, which really just does, you know, confirm a lot of. It seems. um like only slightly more subtle than like an after school special about a stalker only slight, like he just happens to show up behind, you know, and ask very creepily, like it doesn't kind of gel with the way it ends. Um, no. His, no. his big reveal, I mean, we'll which talk. we'll get to later. Um, so it, it just seems very put on like for the sake of building um, suspense, I guess. Yes. Um, and then we get to the rehearse or the tryouts for mascot, where we discover that the previous mascot is little baby Shia LaBeouf. Oh, he's such a cute little baby. And I'll just say it. I fucking hate to say this. Shia LaBeouf's like good. Like I have no, like he's really good in this. Yeah. Like, and then I was like, oh shit, everything I've seen him in, he's good. Like he's a bit of a dipshit, but like. I, I don't know I mean, if there's any I mean, pro- problematic behavior with him. Um, there's like, I think they, he's just like not predatory. I don't think he's like predatory and he knows when to keep his fucking mouth shut. Yeah. So there's one thing about him, but yeah, he's great in this. Like I was so happy when he came back, like the whole scene just worked out, but they're watching. Uh, Bill you know, you know who he looks like? He looks like Gene from, um, from the previous show. He looks like baby. <laughs> Doesn't he look like Gene? He's got the, like the little mullet hair and everything. He does have the mullet hair. Um, but and Neil is complaining that Sam's not funny while everybody else is really impressed with Sam's coordination, including someone telling Sam he should be in like the dance company for the musicals and stuff, yeah. which was like goes nowhere. But it is the first time that anybody's like said Sam's good at anything yeah kind of in a he's way shown any, pro- any proficiency even I mean he's just a kind of a bumbling little teenage boy so yeah it's, he, it's nice to see that yes so he gets the part everybody's disappointed Vicky seems disappointed that she gave the part to Nick to Sam to the extent that I thought that there was going to be a subplot that Cindy forced him to do it but no Cindy's like oh hey you're actually coordinated. Yeah. So let's see. Then we get to the freaks where they're bitching about the basketball game. And we Seth Rogen says he's going to go because he wants to see him lose. And he likes to see jocks cry. Yeah. And then Lindsay happens upon them. And oh, yeah. And then Seth Rogen's like, yeah, Kim said you're going to dump him. And don't do that, please. So everybody knows that Lindsay's about to dump uh, Nick. Yeah. But then he shows up and she's like, can you give me a ride home? And Dan- um, Daniel peeks around the corner as she's leaving and puts his hand together in like a prayer and mouths the word like, please don't do it. Because um, he's a fucking psycho stalker and we should be afraid of him. We shouldn't be afraid of him because he tried to grope her, but whatever. Um, amusing tryout thing where Vicky's being bossy and Shia LaBeouf's telling uh, Shia LaBeouf and Neil are talking about how you don't have comedy. She didn't want comedy. Yeah. 
he, like he wanted to be funny and she wouldn't let him because she's a tyrant. Um, which, which uh, also um, it, it like she, so she's the head cheerleader and she gets to pick the mascot, but later we see them trying out and, or not trying out um, practicing and they don't seem to have an adult cheerleading coach. It just seemed to seems to be Vicky. It's weird. I thought that was weird. Well, it's weird, but she's good at her job. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> I guess. Biff's off in the uh, locker room chatting up the coach, the cheerleading coach. Um, this is when the B, the other B plot comes in where the freaks, Daniel, Kim, and Ken get uh, water ballooned by the kids from the local, from the other, the Lincoln. Lincoln High School. Yeah. That's going to be a subplot where they go and fuck up the car and get in trouble and then get in a fight. Become the, get in a, get in a fight. fight with like six guys. And then become the uh, biggest cheerleading segment of the population watching the game later on. So um, then we get the scene where mom and Lindsay are talking about how she wants to break up. And there's this weird thing where she. Nick calls and Lindsay says to tell him she's not there. But then when she calls him back to break up with him, he has no idea who's who's could be calling him. Yeah. And I'm just like, there is like, it's 1980s high school weed. Like he would have tolerance to like enough that he would remember who's calling him. Instead, he thinks it's Ken and they do this weird comedy beat. And it's just like, is it comedy? I found it creepy. And I thought it was too, to push along the the fact that he's like kind of a crazy person because he, the way he reacts to Ken not responding is like, yeah. is like it devolves into senselessness. Like it's bizarre to see. So you thought they were wait, They were trying to build up more of the Nick as a disturbed person. Then. Yes. Yes. I, I thought they were going for comedy when they cut back to it. Cause it just didn't fit. Cause Lindsay tells his mom she couldn't do it or whatever. Oh, you thought it was like funny, not funny, funny thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, yeah. I just thought it was creepy and weird. <laughs> um. So at breakfast the next day, it ends with, mom saying you have to do what's right for you at breakfast the next day mom's excited because they're going to go on a double date then she remembers that Lindsay's going to break up with him which is like mom's got a short ass memory yeah possibly because she's getting stoned too um and then what do we got we got the mascot i think there's a funny scene during the the mascot the practice with the cheerleaders um, where Neil is describing what he would do if he was out yes. there, and he does a couple of little dances that reminded me of Groucho Marx. The first yes. one especially, I thought that was really funny. And Bill's sitting there going, "Yeah, but you're not funny," which will be funny later. Uh, <laughs> so yes, Sam's not using the sword, but then um, is that yeah? So. In the middle of this is when um, Daniel and the, the freaks see the jocks and we're going to get into their subplot where they go after their car. But um, how does this work? Because they're already at school and then Lindsay's going to go talk to... When does school start for these kids? I have no anyway, idea. Anyway, so Lindsay goes to talk to Nick And Nick already knows something's wrong. So he's going to tell her what really happened with Heidi. 
So basically, Nick started dating Nick basketball player Nick started dating presumed at the time preppy Heidi when she was on the rebound from another guy. This also means that Nick was friends with the freaks when he was a jock, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but also doesn't matter because continuity doesn't exist on this fucking show. So I didn't even think about it, but you're right. It's weird. He wrote her lots of poems. They dated for only a week. Over which time, presumably he fucked her. They did a lot of fucking and a lot of poem writing over that week. She then dumped him and went back with her ex-boyfriend because she was just on the rebound. And she showed her ex-boyfriend the poems and that led to everybody in school knowing about the poems. Except for Lindsay. Except for Lindsay. Also, <laughs> this means he could write poems for Heidi, but he couldn't find the words last episode for Lindsay. Oh, Jesus. I didn't even think about that either. Yeah. That was weird. one of my other things. Well, he just so, loves Lindsay so much more than Heidi. Because so they're meant more. to be together. Exactly. Um, so none of this makes sense with the way people talked about the relationship last episode. I think maybe even before that, they talked about Nick's ex-girlfriend. And like, it does not fix, fit this story either. So like, did they want to do a creepy after-school special and then decide they were going to change it up? Whatever. At the end of the scene, Lindsay's basically not, she's not going to break up with Nick at this point because she she believes his side of the story. Um. And so, but he did. He did admit also to breaking into her house to steal the poems back. Just yes, what it, got a fight with the dad and getting the cops involved because he literally right. broke into her house. He, I, but I think he phrases it like, "I went over to her house when she wasn't there, and I tried to steal the poems back." Do you think what we've established about his father? And Nick having been arrested in high school, do you think we, this is this? You know works now okay so i mean like some of jason siegel's bad performance is just like this character makes no fucking sense yeah like but he's also not good in that scene so anyway that was the scene where i was like maybe he's not the kid in slc punk um <laughs> but i think he is so then we get to cindy and sam at practice again where he tells cindy that she'd make a great head cheerleader much better than vicky but then Todd comes over and Todd talks to Cindy for a second and coach Biff calls him away. And so then Sam is going to be shitty to Cindy yeah, about Todd yeah. and Cindy's like, are you just stressed out or something? I don't know why you're being so mean. And then she's like, bye Sam. And Sam's like, cause you're my lady. Haven't you been watching the show? So the freaks then get to the car and they're going to they spray paint it and they get caught by the guy who goes on to play Cariagos on The Good Wife. Oh. And then they all get their ass kicked by all these jocks. And we've established once again that Daniel doesn't seem to be a rough and tumble freak. He just looks like that. Like yeah. he actually cannot fight. So that's interesting. I, I um, loved I loved the scene before because you don't actually see the fight, but he they're you know doing the putting their fists up like they're gonna punch punch the guys, and he does yeah. that cliche like tell my mother I love her. I I I actually thought it was yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, that this is 
sort of the most successful freak subplot in a yeah. lot of ways. Like, because it's just like sort of a funny, also not high school thing. Yeah, and it's a it's a nice little turn of events where now suddenly they're like you said the biggest fans of of the team just because they want to see those jocks that beat them up get beat at basketball. It's also nice that you know nine jocks beating the shit out of two guys didn't end up with any more, and more two damage. guys and a girl. By the way, she was to, she was all cut she up. She was too. attacked. Yeah, okay. yeah. Can, so he's I got mean, a bloody you know, lip. That's what gallantry is mm-hmm. in Michigan, right? So. Okay. I survived it. So then we're back at the game. Um, Oh, and this is where Sam's like really shitty about it because he sees, oh, right. He sees Todd and Cindy kiss or no, he doesn't see them kiss. He sees them talking. And then we hear Cindy's side of the story, which is that he does kiss her, which seems a little weird that the, I think we do junior senior is kissing the, like, Hey, Hey, cool. He's a Christian, so it's okay. Um, though Millie's not in this episode to give her take on that. Yeah. But um this is where Sam just says that he Todd sucks because he's cocky and obvious. Or they're so obvious together because she's a cheerleader and he's a job and he's a basketball player. And it's just kind of like I kept waiting for Sam to be like, no, man, I fucking like you. Like, this sucks. But he never does. And so it goes nowhere. It goes absolutely nowhere. It's just like, I'm a little dick. And like, it's, we're supposed, we're seeing it from Sam's hurt perspective, but we're not actually seeing it from Cindy's friend is being super shitty to her. Yeah. So this is where we get Nick and Lindsay at school before the game. And they're like, cool-ish still and dad invites her over to introduce to introduce all of his his friends the high society of suburban detroit a councilman the sheriff who does not give a shit about the teenagers fighting by the way yeah um and a car salesman and presumably a used car salesman and these are dad's dad's bros and Lindsay does not think they are cool, but then the geeks walk or the freaks walk by, and they're all beat up. And Dad's embarrassed that these are their friends. So, so that leaves Nick alone in yes. the hallway. So before Lindsay leaves her dad, uh, mom, mom runs into Nick and says, "How are you holding up, sweetie?" And he's like, I'm good. And she's like, I'm so sorry about everything. My daughter cares about you, but she's just so overwhelmed and needs her space. To which Nick is surprised and runs off. So when Lindsay gets there, mom's like, didn't you talk to him this morning? Establishing that it happened in the morning of a school day. That's weird. And... The scene ends with um, Lindsay saying, did you break up with my boyfriend? And then going, stay out of my life. Yeah. So we missed that Sam at this point has decided he's not going to go on because the only reason he was doing this shit in the first place was to crawl on Cindy Pyramid or wherever. And so Neil goes out and does it. (laughs) We missed that part. So that's the setup. But then we get back to the locker room where 
Sam sees Todd getting sick before the fight because he's like stressed out or not the fight before the game because he's stressed out about his athletic event. He's a nervous human being. And then he's like, man, you're that new mascot. You're really funny, man. You're good. Yeah. And Sam's like, oh, he's a good kid. I'm an asshole. Yep. So there you go. That's Sam's arc. Um, Then we get to the game where... (laughs) Mom sits down with dad and is like, Lindsay's upset. The dad's like, shh. But then the, tra- <laughs> the shot goes up to the, the freaks who are thrilled to be cheering on their high school now. Yeah. Uh, which They're is, is pretty loud. Funny. They, they use some, some swears that would have probably gotten them kicked out in reality, but it's funny. Not, not actual swears, just like hell or something. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like we've got 12 minutes left of the episode, but I don't even remember who wins the game. But it's basically just a bunch of presumably the guy who plays Neil in the outfit, but also possibly not because, you know, he was a kid. and Putting a kid in something that weighs that much for that long would, would you know, be bad. Yeah. Uh, the ma- Neil as mascot fucking up the game. And it's just, and Bill thinking it is hilarious. <laughs> Cindy being mad at Sam and all and the cheerleaders Vicky, being mad. all oh. the cheerleaders being mad at Sam and intercut with the shenanigans at the game is Lindsay happening upon Nick where he dumps her and so there's a uh, appropriate classic rock song with um mom and Cindy or mom and Lindsay being you know, nice, comforting to each other. Nick driving off, then Sam apologizes, and um, Cindy can't remember Neil's name. It's Nate something else Jewish that starts with an S. Which it's I'm like, like Nate Schwiber or something. Like she just doesn't fully pronounce his last name right, right. but yeah, like, but she gets the first this... name wrong. Like, are we forgetting that she just doesn't remember that he's, she just knows he's got a Jewish name that starts with N, first is, name N, last name S. Is this um, the first time that happens? Because it happens again. No, she does it. She did it. She did it before. She, okay. She's done it before. Yeah. And she she's calls him Nate, Nate too. Nate yeah. before. And, but I think this is the first time we've established the last name Yeah. Um, thing. So then Shia LaBeouf's asleep, which is a thing because he had a concussion, so he wasn't supposed to sleep, but that wasn't, you know, that was like a very minor B-plot. And then Neil telling Bill how funny he had, yeah. or Bill telling Neil how funny he actually was. And whether or not Bill was actually funny as the mascot, it was more like he was just, you know, a goof. He was having fun. Shit up. I think he there's was a, having fun. There's a difference between. Was funny. Yeah. Uh, it was that sort of Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie thing where he's talking, but like he's clearly not, and it's all voiceover. It's yeah. all dubbed in, yeah. Which um, I hate, and yeah. I thought it didn't really work. Um, yeah, and and but, it, they put an echo on it because your your vantage point when you're catering yeah. him is inside the the Norseman head. But they yeah. also say that they can't hear him at one point, so yeah. they don't know it's Neil. So it. Whatever it, it, the the game antics are good though, um, but the the Nick thing is a. I mean, do you remember? Is this the is this the last time we have to talk about it this length? 
Um, yes, ish. There's, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So Lindsay's had her first breakup, and we don't act like who knows, whatever. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and it it pretty much ends as as far as I can recall with uh, the cheerleaders descending on Neil. Yes, the episode ends with uh, the cheerleaders out to kick Neil's ass for fucking up <laughs> the cheers, which is you know justified, right? Like, yeah, totally legit. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I I thought I remembered liking this episode more, but I ended up liking boyfriends and girlfriends more for some reason. Because I think it was yeah. Bill. I think it was Bill heavy. I think that's why I liked it. it yeah, the last heavier. Bill heavier. Well, no, it is much Bill heavier. Like Bill doesn't have a subplot in this one. Yeah. Um. Any, you know, we don't get them that much. Yeah. Also, it's just like the bits are funnier. Like Canada Joe's funnier in the last one. I mean, the last one's somewhat more problematic, but this one's more. This one's like less competent. Like as far as like. Where's your show Bible that tells you what the fuck Nick was doing so you can refer to it so there's continuity between subsequent episodes, like yeah, especially yeah. on the same fucking arc. Yeah. Like, so at this point, we are left to believe that Nick, despite all of his behaviors toward Lindsay that were creepy and predatory, was an innocent victim of this mean girl and her boyfriend. And rumors and, and insinuation. Yeah. Right. So because that's really Lindsay refuses to fucking communicate with anybody. Like you could just figure this out. Maybe this is hindsight, right? But you could know. you could resolve all of this very easily. But yes, so I did not end the episode with any more sympathy for Jason Siegel than I started it with, because it's kind of like that that Daniel thing with his story. Remember that episode? That was such a good episode. <laughs> the Daniel thing is we don't establish whether or not Nick's telling the truth. Yeah. Right. And it's like, when you think too hard about it, you're like, it doesn't seem like it doesn't just not seem like he's not telling the truth. It also doesn't seem like anybody knew that this was the story until this episode. Right? Yeah. Including like, his friends, including his friends. Like they didn't even know. And um, I had a thing and it escaped me. Um because, I mean, when Ken likes watching jocks cry, did he like watching the basketball cr- player cry when somebody read his poetry yeah. everywhere and yeah. Lindsay somehow missed it? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just one of those things where you're just like, I, did, do you have the writer, do you have Wikipedia? What's the writer? I do. Um, Written by uh, the We've Got Spirit or no, Boyfriends and Girlfriends, Patty Lynn and Paul Feig. Who wrote the second one? Uh, Mike, Mike White. He's got a, another page. Let's see. Oh, dude, it's looks, Chuck and Buck. It's yeah, that guy. Yeah, I, he's he's one of those. Okay, guys. so yeah, one of the things, of course, with American TV is is that the TV credit writing credits are decided by the Writers Guild. So the Room might have written it. It might not have written it. Aaron Sorkin might have written it. He might have had somebody else write it and put his name on it. All sorts yeah. of things. So that does not necessarily, that would also, the Mike White credit just suggests that Mike White contributed the most of the episode. And it could Maybe. be a, contra- it could be a contractual thing too. Like, Contra- there's all sorts of things. So you they all just, have contracts and they right. get contracts. You can't blame yeah. it on Mike White. Right. However, that characterization of, no, because Chuck and Buck like is, 
it's not great, but it's like not full of shit. Okay, never mind. But anyway, uh, I it 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 seems like there's a disconnect in the writing of the character, not just between the previous episode, but this episode as well. Or in internal to this episode, there's not much consistency to Nick because we're portraying him as a predator, or yeah. at least as a well, no, she says stalker, which I'm not sure if that was really used in 1980 but yeah. it's like you, you mean the guy who grew up Lindsay that that at the party he waited for her to be sad that daniel didn't like her so he could grope her that guy shocker shocker there'd be something to that guy but um yeah i don't know i'm i mean it's, it, they were a fine pair of episodes in yeah. a way like yeah. they're not the, well, the confederate flag is the no nah, I don't know. Like, yes, actually, yes, I will go with that. The Confederate flag is the worst thing in it. Like, that's not, it wasn't cool when they did that in 1999. Yeah. When was the Tom Petty cure tour where he was like, wait, what the fuck do you mean? People think the Confederacy was good. I'm never using that symbolism in my fucking thing again for Americana. That's terrible. We had no idea. Yeah. A bunch of fucking California potheads. We're stupid. Sorry. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. No, like the connotations are there. So yeah, deal with it, especially in 99. But yeah, I mean, like, I'm not I, I was not passionate about these the way that I've been passionate and positive and negative about other episodes. Oh so, yeah. Next week we will talk about episodes what? Nine and ten. Nine and ten. Uh the diary and looks and books. Um Story by Judd Apatow and Rebecca Kirshner. Teleplay by Rebecca Kirshner. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. But anyway, um, so that's for the diary. And then Paul Feig wrote looks and books. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes. All right. Um, well, thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll be back next week. And that's it. Thank you. Bye. Fuck Judd Apatow.